right, all right. It's been a while, but we're back. Episode 31 of Mic Up the Halo. What's going on, everybody? This is Tyler and Jacob. Jacob, say hello to the world. Hello, world. If you're not frozen, Southern California, it is cold. It is cold out here. I just returned from Boise, Idaho. That was colder. Yeah, way colder. Quick tip, guys. Don't go there. (laughs) Don't go to Boise. There's nothing there to see. And that's it's, that's the end of my TED talk. It's not the new uh, hip Portland, is it? That's what I've heard. I mean, if you're going to college there, then maybe you'll have a good time, like lots of partying and all that. <laughs> I did tell some family out there that uh, I had a podcast, and if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You guys are great, Tyler's family. If you'd like to have me out for a weekend um, to either verify or go against this claim, um, I'm more than willing to. Uh, sounds like Tyler had fun despite his grievances but i'm glad you made it back i'm glad you're not frozen you came back to the same weather that you left though because it was just i just can't about, get over it man it was cold this just morning about last night was like 37 degrees and yeah. that was regular daytime temperature there in boise so it's ridiculous it feels it feels like i never left i like it but as i'm getting older and yes i say older i'm i'm starting to like the cold less and less i'm just becoming less resilient to it but yeah, this morning my, my door jam was frozen shut a little bit. No I was way. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I, I leave work leave for work at like 4 in the morning, and it was frosty, and my door jam had ice in it. My windshield had ice on it, and I've seen videos of Californians that don't know any better. They're pouring hot water on their windshield oh, and cracking man. heads. I've seen some of those. But yeah, so stay warm out there, but it's winter. It's good for us. Um, not a lot of baseball going on. I mean, behind the scenes, I feel like there's a lot. Yeah, we've been in the lockout our last episode. That was the last day that baseball was in action. And uh, since then, there has been some controversy. I don't know if we want to call it controversy. We'll go ahead and start with this. Um, There was a letter put out by Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and uh, it was not received well. It was literally titled A Letter to Baseball Fans, where basically he's blaming the players as to why they couldn't come to a conclusion or a settlement prior to the lockout. And so Rob Manfred and co. were forced, and he used this word, forced, to shut down all operations in Major League Baseball. And no one took kindly to that because, no, you weren't forced. There could have been a solution, but you guys are being stubborn. And the players have every right to be stubborn as well, just... A very shitty circumstance for baseball, and I mean, the hope is that there's a settlement reached prior to spring training, but I guess I'll ask you, Jacob, do you think that this is going to take longer than spring training and even bleed into parts of April? Uh, The short answer, no. I think they'll play games. I don't know anything, though. Like, people that are saying yes or no to this no way more than me, and I've heard both. From what I've found out, you know, I always used to think, like, why do we always default and side with the players. And I guess it would make sense if it's millionaires against billionaires to side with the millionaires. But what I didn't know until maybe this lockout or until I've read a lot of stuff, it's the millionaire players standing up for the players making no money in these arguments. That That's what this is all about or not all about, but that's what a lot of this is about. And the owners are making it sound like that's a sham and they really just want to make extended playoffs or whatever it may be. I don't think that the, the players want more playoff teams i think that's more of an ownership thing but either way i found out more that it's not about the millionaires it's about the guys making no money and they want to give them chances to to make more and revenue sharing for the teams to not tank and stuff like that i think that's a problem there's been teams that have tanked for too long and they're too bad 
You know, you got the Orioles, the Rays. Until recently, the Rays have been bad. I mean, my whole life, the Rays were, were bad. Um, D-backs. The D-backs, I see the Rockies kind of falling into that. Um, the Tigers are coming out of it. But it's like these teams, and then Oakland refuses to spend, and they're somehow good still. But that's more what I'm concerned about is are, are they going to be able to find a way to make it where it's, it's more of an even playing field? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like you'd mentioned, those players that are making millions of dollars already, they're, they've made their money. And you could argue that there's a young player that is getting shammed because their their service time is getting manipulated. Like, like Vlad Jr. still hasn't received an extension, and he's coming off a hell of a season, almost won the MVP, won the Hank Aaron Award, won a Silver Slugger, you know, came back, got fit, did everything that he had to do. But the guy is not going to make bank until you know three or four years from now and after that's, he's he's reached that service time limit and that's the thing is that's why i think it's kind of bs that that last year is really the only thing that determines whether he gets paid i mean sure you look back and see the numbers from this year but you won't see the mvp no offense um and we all know why but you're right i think the service time thing is what's crazy to me about baseball that that it's so long and that you have no options, and other teams have no options. So I think that's something they're going to argue for. The players are going to totally. want shorter. But I don't think the owners are going to budge on it because they're making a lot of money the way they do it now. And they see it as we give a handful of guys the opportunity of a lifetime to make a bunch of money playing a game. Why shouldn't we get a say in how it's done? And I, I in a way, I agree to that. And it, not to sound like Squid Game, spoiler, but that's kind of what that is. Like they run the show, so they should be able to to manipulate it. I understand that, but you have to see it from the perspective of the players. Where a lot of these owners and even GMs, they weren't players. I mean, more, more of the GMs have been, but a lot of owners weren't weren't players. And there are some more, I guess you could call them player owners, like you know newer, younger people. But man, I don't know. I don't know what's what's going to come of this. Do, do I think they'll play games? Though short answer, to, yeah, I think they will. They're not going to both leave money like that on the table, especially after COVID and no fans that year. Who knows what happened there? So, I think um, I think both like like you said, like we've heard so many different stories from both sides. Like some say we're going to be able, we're going to have a full spring training, no games will be missed. Some say like this is going to bleed into April, we're going to be missing like fifteen to twenty games. And you don't really know what's going to happen. Like you said, both sides don't want to lose money considering the shortened season. And, you know, it's a tough situation. I mean, I think both of them are so stubborn and neither of them are going to fold. And like if I'm on the player side, maybe there's there's a a minority or a majority group within those individuals where they're like, you know what, like if this is what it'll take to fix all this service manipulation, all of this uh, full GM control, then we'll miss games because at the end of the day, it'll lead to something better. But there might be other folks that are like, no, I need to get paid. I have a family. Mm-hmm. I got kids. Like, I have bills to pay. I have a lot. I, I have a high lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a big lifestyle to live through. You know, I, I make uh, a lot of money. That's a good point, though. You're saying if they're on track for something and it's coming down to the wire, and but you'd have to push the season back, they would do it. They'd sacrifice this season for seasons to come for, for better treatment. Okay. 
there's a way I could see them missing games. But if they're not budging on either side, I feel like they're both just going to have to meet in the middle and and go from there if it's February 1st and nothing's happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think they'll come to like a set date, like, hey, let's try to come to a conclusion here. But And that's the problem is there's no date set, and that's why people are so worried. There's not even a, a soft deadline. They're probably not even talking right now. They've probably gone yeah. weeks since the lock, or it's only been two weeks. They probably said we'll come back after Christmas. That's my thinking. Probably. After New Year's. That makes sense. January is going to be a grind, and then hopefully have it done early february but that's that's a pipe dream at this point i think fingers crossed as the time rolls on it is getting less and less likely to see them start on time so so aside from the lockout stuff not a whole lot of baseball action has been going on there's been some minor league transactions and from my understanding minor league transactions are allowed to go through because the minor leagues will continue as is without any halt because the minor leagues aren't the major leagues it's interesting Uh, yeah i don't know how how that that works because you call your players up from the minor leagues or you send them down to the minor leagues, but the minor leagues are their own entity. Minor league baseball is its own entity. So teams have been signing players to minor league contracts. Um, I believe we just signed an outfielder to a minor league contract. And then a couple former angels like Cam Bedrosian got signed to a minor league contract to some other team, but who cares? Good luck uh, to them. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to them. The team. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, Sorry. And then one like little bit of one something that happened that pissed me off was uh, Justin Verlander's deal. It wasn't solidified prior to the lockout, but just a couple days ago or yesterday it was finalized and I don't know why that's able to go down, especially for the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are able to get away with murder, it seems like when it comes to you know Rob Manfred being at the reign of things. Yeah, they got away with murder then, and this was a misdemeanor they got away with as well. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I just thought it was so stupid. Like, why are we announcing it again? Like, it's just happening. I mean, it was, I guess, a slow news month. That's true. Slow, slow news week or whatever. But that, that probably is it. It's just, I don't know, man. The more I think about this, and I don't want to jump into this for too too long, but I saw something saying Correa is going to stick around in Houston. And the more I think about it, the more it just makes sense. And that would shock, I think, a lot of people because literally I think everybody has him going, including himself. I think two months ago he had himself going with the offer that they gave him. But I don't know. It could have just been a a, a low ball to see. Think about it. It's the only security he would have as far as, like, safety in the clubhouse and mentally. And I don't know. Maybe he wants to leave it all behind. I don't know how he's thinking, but – I just, the more and more I think about it, does that make sense to you? Short answer. Yes. Short answer, yes. Um, I think that he'd have to let bygones be bygones, considering the Astros lowball them a couple times. Mm. Um, but did they, though? Did they? I mean, according like, to, I mean, yeah, based on what Baez. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. fine. We're going to look at Baez. I mean, it, we're going to look at the Corey Seager deal, the Semyon deal, yeah. the Baez deal. Uh, what story's going to get? Yankees fans are going to lose it if Correa doesn't sign with them. They want story now, or most of, some of them are saying that's they fine. Want story. You're going to be, like Trevor Story is a great shortstop, and you'll be paying a lot less for him. I see them both as a fit. I actually see the Yankees getting Trevor Story to play second base, and then getting Correa to play short. That would be the most Yankees thing ever, and I see it. That would be like a big resurgence for the Yankees. I just see it spending and bro that getting infield? back to like the old days. I mean. Rizzo, Story, Correa, or well, they have to resign Rizzo too. Yeah, they have to resign. Rizzo. 
That'd be wild. I mean, that break. I don't think it'll happen, but just I see that in terms of both those guys in that uniform. I don't know between the two, but yeah, was it a low ball at the time? Maybe like a little bit, but after seeing these other deals, you could tell. Yeah, it, it was. So maybe he is mad about that. They don't know what I'm worth. Blah blah blah. It's but like, then if he stays, then he gets to stay without Tuve. Like, and that's they've the had spark. so much chemistry together. I think one without the other, the spark isn't really there, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, both of them in the playoffs are just insane. I mean, they lost Springer, and Springer was the guy like on that playoff or on the teams that he was on in the playoffs. But if you asked me then, which one of these four main guys, Bregman, who I hate, Bregman, Altuve, Correa, Springer, cut one of them. I think I'd have to cut Springer. One, he's the outfielder. Two, I don't know. I just feel like the core is is really Correa and Altuve, and Bregman Bregman can fuck off. But um, Bregman's falling off, man. Good. I'm happy about it. I, I think all this is getting to him, like, I will say, though, I will say he does have a foundation or something, and he's giving out food and donations to groups in poverty and hey, that's, that's struggling good. families. So I will commend you on that, Alex Bregman. Good I give guy. it to him. Yeah. Good guy there. You don't have to be a bad guy in all aspects. Yeah. You know? I think you're a bad guy as a sportsman and as a there we go. as a competitor, but that's I, fair. it doesn't mean you're a bad guy character like outside of baseball. So that's good. Good to hear that. Curry, you could suck a dick, though. <laughs> he could feed the whole fucking world and we'd yeah. be like you know what man you're still trash yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah christmas presents for everybody it's just like no trash yeah all righty well we will move into the next segment here that we got probably the one that we'll finish on uh we got some r- rankings some or some grades some I guess it's both. Yeah, whatever we're going to call this, we'll, we'll call it the player grades. The, it's the, about the Angels, guys. The report card for the top 10 players on the Angels. And before we get to that top 10, we're going to start with the worst Angels. Yeah. And that's a that's a list of three individuals that Jacob and I brainstormed and came to the conclusion that these guys were just the absolute worst Angels this year. And uh, based on expectation, based on expectation and, and results. Yes, exactly. And and I guess you could call this a bit of a our version of a standout performance, maybe something like that. Trademark on that. A bad standout performance for those three. But I just mean in general, like the oh, players yeah, yeah, yeah. that Everybody stood out else. On, on one side of the coin and then the other. And then the guys who fell in the middle, it's like, OK, you know, maybe it's a good thing we didn't notice you. You're, you're fine. But yeah, we'll start with the bottom three. Um, Tyler's really excited to do the first one, so I'll let him. I'll let him go ahead. Well, should we start with the bottom third and then get to the like the absolute worst? So okay, these are in order, guys. So we'll go three, two, one as yeah. far as okay. I'm excited for number one. Okay, so then um, yeah, you still go first. All right. So number three, uh, we had a lot of expectations for this guy. He did decent in the shortened season of 2020. Um, you know, he's still young. He's still young. There's, there's chances for him to develop, but no, at number three, we have Griffin Canning and, uh, you know, I, it sucks because he's a good, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Seems like a decent individual. Um, but you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when Griffin Canning comes in and can't get the job done uh, you maybe, know maybe he had like a couple quality starts this season but other than that he no. pretty much shit the bed he literally broke his back and uh you know he's just bottom of the barrel this year as far as pitching goes 
Could I go as far as to say we got to do something before he turns into Andrew Heaney 2.0? Because it's been now, I would say the first season that we had him pitch, it was kind of like, all right, let's see what he has. And it was um, potential. Like he showed potential. Then 2020 was kind of the same because he, he pitched in 19, didn't he? he 19, did. 20, and then this year. This year was by far his worst year. So it's not like we've seen any progress in the right direction. Uh, the stuff was there last year and in 2019, from what I remember. 2020, he won a gold glove. Right, he, he, right. He was a gold glove and winner. And do you remember who I told you he reminded me of? I don't. Delivery-wise? I don't. His delivery, like maybe the f- first two weeks of this podcast, I think I mentioned, very Trevor Bauer, mm. like with his delivery straight back, real low, like big bottom. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it, but just real rock solid with the delivery on that back foot. Stands up tall, even though he's not tall. I don't know how to explain it, but just promise was there, and it's not. And do you give him another shot? Is the question like one yeah. more? One more? Uh, you have to. He, you Griff, have to do Griffin one more. Canning's right? only twenty five years old. I mean, in the rotation, like do you start him again in the rotation? Uh, you know, we'll see who uh, we've got. Spring training. We'll check out spring training. He had, he did have three quality starts this year. Um, he had a five point six ERA and thirteen starts. Only through sixty-two and two-thirds innings. Um, in twenty twenty, he also kind of got screwed a lot. He only he only had a two and three record, but that's because he'd pitch. The team was just he'd bad. pitch a great game, and then the bullpen would just oh, destroy man. it. On the Angels, now. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, guys, who would have thought? He also played left field for, for an inning this that year. That was cool, and I do like the Gold Glove aspect and and the the athletic ability as far as a pitcher. I think he's probably our best pinch runner as well, if I remember. He was Did a he, pinch runner. Yeah. So that that side of the game I like, but it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. I mean, it's not gonna make me want to keep you. So we'll go with uh, we'll go with the next player, which I guess I can move to. Yeah, go for it. Not too much to say. Let down overall on the contract. It's finally up next year, guys. Justin Upton is the second worst player for the year as far as expectation and performance. Um, injuries. Uh, he hit lead off for a while there and did show some promise. It, it was a good stretch. He did fantastic as a leadoff hitter. Leadoff I, bombs. I remember a lot of leadoff bombs and. A lot of those leadoff bombs would result in you know the rest of the, of the day going terrible. Maybe yep. a few strikeouts, ground outs, pop flies, but that leadoff bomb would spark the offense a little bit. That's so. the thing; it never really did anything for his numbers, um, except for the home run category. But it, it never really helped anything else. Average was still not there. OPS was still not there. His eye just is bad. I feel like he's chased more pitches maybe than anybody. Yeah, um, bad pitches gets fooled. So. I mean, and then defense is, I would say, under average. Like, it's below average. It's I'd call it below average just because there's a lot of fly balls where I think if there is more effort made to get to them, then maybe that would result in more outs. Right. And, you know, Justin Upton is a guy that has been injury prone throughout his career with the Angels, so I could understand, like, maybe the team and the trainers are telling him, like, look, just let the ball fall in front of you. Don't hurt yourself. We need your bat in the lineup. Yeah. But the problem know. is that, yeah, the DH is not an option. Exactly. It's just locked up. He had so. a 705 OPS. Yeah, it's not going to do it. It's just not going to do it. But for look, the amount of money we're spending. No, I mean, that's what I mean. It's not It's not worth it. But one more year, and we'll see. I mean, he if he came in clutch, right, 
if he used his numbers, but they were clutch numbers, like they, you know, you exactly. can count on them in a situation, whatever. But yeah, so that's Justin Upton, second worst player, and number one. Tyler's excited. Oh, or we'll get to number one in a second. Oh. I do want to point out something about Justin Upton. One more thing: thirty-four year old, mm. three hundred and twenty-four career home runs, one thousand RBIs. Will Justin Upton be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. No. no. I don't know. I, why? I mean, yeah. 300 home runs, 1,000 yeah. RBIs. I mean, that's... There's a case. There's a case. I mean, there's a reason why he's getting paid the amount of money. It's just for as it's just every every single big-name player that the Angels sign yep. after they've already had such great seasons, it just doesn't go our way. So I don't want to call him a boy wonder, but he was like... It was very early in his career that he had a lot of these numbers. And, it was, and he was a great player. Yeah. And you can see flashes of that. And the guy's jacked. I mean, if he gets a hold of a ball, it goes. It's not, no doubt. It's just piece it together, finish the career strong, and I'll change my mind to say yeah. But I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm leaning more towards yes, but maybe if he keeps bottoming, bottoming out like he has been, then maybe it'll change. You don't think about that at all. Yeah. Like, if you ask somebody on a whim, I feel like they would say no. But I guess if you look into it. All right. This guy was I did watch him hit a home run in the last game of this of the last home game of the season which was insane because I I was sitting with Perry, you know, Perry Manasian. Oh yeah. the GM of uh the Angels and he was like he's going to hit a home run right here and sure enough Kurt Suzuki the number one worst player on the Angels this season went deep and uh yeah, he's garbage. Time to go. You won a World Series with the Nationals, good for you. You were okay then, but you came here and you shit the bed, my friend. You were terrible. Your defense was awful. Your offense was awful. 636 OPS, get out of my fucking face, dude. Oof. How many runners did you gun down? Not a lot. Not a lot. You're trash. If Retire. You... Ooh. Go away. Ooh. I'm done with you. Oh. Thanks for listening to my TED Talk. Man. If he just framed pitches. If he just framed pitches, dude. Oh, my God. Kurt, dude, you're giving me flashbacks All right. from Nam. Kurt Suzuki or Boise? Oh. <laughs> you, that, you know what? That's Give like, me flashbacks from Boise. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to go sit another week in Boise then if, if it takes never seeing Kurt Suzuki's face again in an Angels uniform. Watching Kurt Suzuki play indie ball in Boise, Idaho. Oh, that's... that's Murder. Give me the electric chair. Jeez. Give me the electric chair. Give me a firing squad. Anything but that. Give me the Oakland Coliseum. Jesus. I'd rather go to the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah. Which, by the way, I did land in Oakland on mm. a uh, a layover to Boise. How was that? Uh, they have a nice airport. I enjoyed their airport. I had a nice uh, breakfast sandwich there at one of their restaurants that were open. They also had a Mandalorian set up there, which I thought was interesting. Like full-on That's... Mando, holding Baby Yoda. It was cool. Interesting. I give it a eight out of ten. Airport. Somebody from Oakland, Star Wars. Anyway, yeah, yeah, cool. But fuck Suzuki, fuck Oakland, fuck Boise. Which, yeah, Boise as well. Just get all our fucks in here. But um, yeah, I think I think you're right in everything you said. If you just frame pitches, like I said, I would be more forgiving on the offense. I'd be more forgiving on the lack of gunning guys down. He's old. I get it. He's old, but he and doesn't that's need, fine. That's He's the old. thing. We don't need him to lead Stassi. Stassi's leading himself. He's a, he's a veteran himself now. I would say, you know. I'd so. rather have the triple A catcher or the double A catcher even 
fill in on Stassi's days off. Anthony Benboom. Yeah. Taylor Ward. Put him behind the dish. We had freaking um, Drew Butera yeah. behind the plate. Don't there know why go. we got rid of him. Would have rather had him on the off days than fucking Suzuki. Put Shebler back there. <laughs> yeah, dude, do it. Put Fletch behind the plate. Oh, man. Imagine Fletch is like a world-class catcher. He probably would be. He just wouldn't be able to gun anybody down. That's Yeah. But he could frame really well. I imagine him He'd like... He'd be a good framer. Yeah. And he'd probably dive for pop flies and shit. Yeah. But yeah, that's the bottom three. Sorry if you were on that list, unless your name's Kurt Suzuki. We're moving on to the top 10 angels of the year. I think you know who's going to be number one, but we're going to start at number 10. And uh, this guy, we really didn't expect to see a lot of him this year. But unfortunately, due to injuries, as we suffered a lot of them this year, uh, he was forced to become an everyday player. And he really didn't do that bad, considering he wasn't supposed to be an everyday player. But our guy, Jack Mayfield. Captain Jack. Captain Jack came out. Did his thing, crushed some bombs, dated moms, yeah, all that good stuff. Um, Clean that beard up. Look at him, man. He's. I had a picture with him this looking. year, oh, so yeah, that was yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, he batted two eighteen, six fifty nine OPS, almost upped in like numbers there. But uh, he, he, like, like I said, he wasn't supposed to be the everyday third baseman. He only has 12 career home runs and 47 RBIs. He got 10 of those home runs and 39 of those RBIs this year, and he stole five bags. And we had him at third base, shortstop, second base. We had him all over the place. So, I mean, for pretty decent utility guy for yep. not being – not not even – he wasn't even supposed to get as much playing time as he did this year. So Yeah, or hardly any. He's like our little Chris Taylor, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, He's 31, but – you know, yeah, aging gracefully. You wouldn't you wouldn't think he's thirty one in the way that he is trying to get better all the time. I feel like when other guys turn into their thirties, they're like, "Well, this is as good as I'm going to get. I'm just going to play at my level." I feel like he always, you know, kind of booted the one play and then made a great play the next play. That's going to happen when you're not an everyday guy and you don't get those reps. Totally, and you get those ground balls. I feel like he got better defensively as the year moved on and as he played more. And I feel like what most of the games are at third base, maybe 75% or more were played at third because of Tony two bags being on his, on his butt. But yeah, Mayfield number 10, um, happy he was able to crack the list. Congrats to, or not Tony. Congrats, Captain Jack. Uh, hoping to see you drop some more bombs next year. The next guy, uh, Angel no longer, unfortunately he was DFA'd. Uh, just before the lockout, Phil the Goose Goslin, and I mean another guy who was not supposed to be an everyday player, uh, ended up playing 104 games for us this year, and at one point was our number three hitter. Anytime we had a lefty on the mound, and maybe on days where we didn't have a lefty on the mound, he was just all over the place, similar to Jack, playing first, second, third, left field, right field, wherever he needed him, he was there. He's also. I believe the second fastest runner on the team, um, which I did not know. He, he's also up there in age. I believe he's 31 as well. 33, my bad. Um, from Pennsylvania. Good guy. Enjoyed watching him play. Enjoyed all the tweets of the goose is loose. Love tweeting that. I'm sad that I can't do it no longer. But uh, 
you know, decent season for a guy that had to come out and play every day. Seven dingers, 47 RBIs, 676 OPS. I'm killing myself with this. Um, you know. But you know what, it, though? It's numbers, but this is this list isn't even about numbers. This list yeah. is about two guys that watched 140 Angel games this year at least. Maybe you watch more, but it's probably about what I watched. Um, and saw these guys give what they could give. And, and Mayfield and the Goose, b- both to me, are, are very easy to become a fan of. Like they're, totally. They're, they're both very easy to be fans of because even when they do fuck up, which they, they did. They come right back and, and make up for it to come some right back degree. And, and the Goose specifically was very reliable with the splits. You know, Against lefties, he would just crush. And I feel like between the two, he was a uh, more clutch hitter, which I guess is why he was hitting third. Um you said second fastest. I would love to see a foot race. Otani, Trout, Marsh, and the Goose. I feel like that could be anybody's race on any day. I'd give Shohei the leg up um, just because different species and everything. But at the same time, you're right. For as small as he is, he would motor down the line. Socks up guy. Dirty every game. Infield, outfield, like you said. So, yeah. Another utility guy. Cracks the list. Ten. Goose, we're going to miss you. Um yeah, moving on. Complete opposite direction here with number eight. Number eight, he made his major league debut this season, got robbed of a few home runs due to logistics at Comerica Park. But number eight is number 16, Brandon Marsh. 23-year-old Brandon Marsh, he made his major league debut this season, batted two. 54 with a 672 OPS, crushed two dingers, probably should have been four or five, uh, 19 RBI, six stolen bases. Jacob, I think you got to see Brandon Marsh's first hit at I the Oakland Coliseum. So his first hit was a ground ball up the middle. I thought whoever was playing second for the A's at the time, I thought he was going to get there, but it didn't. And it might not have mattered because then I noticed how quick Marsh was getting down the line. Um, I think he impressed all of us from the beginning because of Adele last year and the kind of, I don't want to say catastrophe, but yeah, it was a catastrophe. It was a catastrophe of a call up. So for Marsh to just kind of blend in at first and then take over the leadoff spot for a while, take over center field for fuck's sake. I mean, he was roving out there. He was climbing the wall, trying to get balls. I mean, no play sticks out of my head more than one that he just, I did not think he was good to. It was a bloop, a little bloop. And I was like, there's no fucking way he catches this ball. It's a big outfield. I don't remember where it was. And he took about 150 steps, dove, and caught the ball. And I was like, this is our guy. This is our future center fielder. And by future, I don't mean next year, folks. You know how I feel about that. But I think he's our future center fielder and potentially leadoff hitter. And happy he made the list as well. And if we were to trade somebody tomorrow, I'd rather trade Adele than Marsh. So, And Adele would probably go and freaking destroy be 10 times the player marsh wherever else he goes yeah um yeah brandon marsh great rookie season he's still going to be a rookie next year thankfully so there's a chance that he could win rookie of the year that'd be Um, oh man his power's going to come too. you mentioned two four home runs that's going to be 10 15 home runs i mean the swings there maybe not if he's leading off it's not what he's looking to do but who knows he's fast man he's he got he had 12 doubles in 70 games that he played three triples hair just flying in the wind jesus beard flying in the wind only got caught stealing once gracious love him so congrats brandon marsh you're number eight uh number seven this may be controversial this is going to be super controversial for a lot of angels fans um i think it's fair honestly 
yeah, you know what? I was gonna say like, may, like honestly, I don't think he should have made the list, but I, no, I, I think if we really put our minds to it, he's in the right spot on this list at number seven. We got David Fletcher, and uh, Fletch was hot in the first half of the year. He had that hit streak. I think it was like twenty plus games, I believe. Yep. And you know he was on fire. Three thirty average. Kind of all, kind of snub from the All Star game. Could have been a last edition, but he was not. Um, you know, as, as you guys know, uh, Jacob and I went to high school of Fletch. I also went to junior high and elementary school of Fletch. Always love throwing that in there. Probably never going to come on the pod, but it is what it is. Struck him out. He and Jacob struck him out. Uh, he batted 262 this year, two dingers. I think they both came in back to back days, 47 RBIs, 15 stolen bases and a 622 OPS. We just love having 600 OPSs on this team. Um, yeah. Fletch played 157 games this year, which I think, aside from Fletch, Otani was the next guy to have played almost that many games in the season. Um, he was durable. He was durable, and I think that's why like the second half is why he had such a fall off, like getting put into that nine spot, mm-hmm. you know, not really getting on base, not taking pitches, striking out, always taking the first pitch right down the middle annoyed um yeah he would move up on the list if he didn't do that for me i really think that if fletch just got a few more days off in the season yeah like i was just gonna say rendon's injury had a lot to do with that too a hundred percent i mean you talk we just talked about mayfield and the goose and and renhifo who's not on this list imagine where they would be playing if it was just a routine day off for the infield they'd be playing second base and fletch would have a day off and maybe he can come in and pitch hit uh, pinch hit later in the game yeah pinch hit pinch run if you need, need a defensive single. replacement like yeah but when you have the goose mayfield playing third and, and outfield all year because of injuries trout as well we, we kind of graze over that it's like trout being out caused marsh to move from left to center so then or sorry right to center so then you got right field then upton getting hurt because he's prone obviously so a lot of injuries causing issue i hope they address that um and i don't mean go get more utility guys because that's not the answer with, with 600 ops's don't billy bean this and put 600 ops's together and hope it does something but yeah Fletch also snubbed of a gold glove. Yes, that was what I was going to say last. Is it led in every statistical category yep. for the gold glove, and he was not given the gold glove, unfortunately. I, I love how they go on stats when they want to, and then they fuck us with stats when they want to. But, yeah, Fletch, um, we love you, buddy. We, we want to keep you here. We really do. I don't. Tyler doesn't. I really do. I, I think you're you're more valuable than than people say. I think you need somebody who can hit for average in a lineup where nobody does except Mike Trout. Uh, so we'll see. I think you're on a you're on a good deal, and if you're a Gold Glove second baseman, why not? Fletch, I think you're on a great team friendly deal, and when you go off in the first half of this year, I'm excited to get some pitching in exchange for you at the trade deadline. Congrats on getting number seven. Have fun in Oakland. Have fun in Oakland. All right, next another fallen angel. Unfortunately, we lost him to my second favorite team in the major leagues, Ugh. the San Francisco Giants, our boy Alex <laughs> Cobb. Giants. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Alex Cobb, I love you. I'm going to miss you. You know, fantastic season with us, 18 games and 8-3 and three record, a 3.76 ERA, 93 and a third innings toss, 98 strikeouts, a 1.26 whip. I mean, and with for a guy in his age, 34 season, what more could you ask for? I mean, he had some bad years with Baltimore. Uh, early on in his career, he was fantastic. 
he kind of had a resurgence here with us in Anaheim. He did have those blister issues. Um, but other than that, he was tossing that thing. He was getting strikeouts. He was mowing guys down. He was a competitor, man. Like you'd see it when, when he would lose a battle to someone in any count, like he'd get frustrated and like, I think we need more individuals like Alex Cobb on this team. And I'm sad to see him go. Um, but maybe we can get someone else, or I don't know. I like we got Noah Syndergaard. He seems like he's a competitor too. So it's a good a good comparison for me is like not the stats or the pitching, but Max Scherzer as far as the competitive edge yes. that Cobb has, and you need guys like that. And I, you're right, I could see that in him, and that's why he's so high on the list, or he even made the list. The injuries you can kind of look past when you have somebody who's fighting to get back, and you know they want to get on the mound to compete for the team and win games for the team or give them opportunities. Um, to do well i don't know if he always showers between innings but if that's going to continue in san francisco your hair might be a little more dry there's a breeze but he's balding he's balding he has thin hair it's probably why (laughs) don't let it go just leaks man. just rock it no good luck to him i think it's a good fit san francisco pitching goes together i think he'll be like a good number four there you get to hang out with gabe kapler get some steaks yeah some ribeyes I want to hang out with Gabe Kapler. Same be here. Cool. That's the one thing I like about the Giants. Yeah. And their stadium. Damn. And the fact that they're a great team. Yeah. Moving on to number five, halfway through, our boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Jacob's favorite person in the world, Max Stassi. Yes. Age 30 season, coming off one hell of a year. He was injured at times in this season, but when he came back, he was on fire. He batted 241 this year with 13 home runs, 35 RBIs, and a 752 OPS. Yes, his not defense, a six. Exactly, your first <laughs> yeah. one without a six. His defense was fantastic. He was gunning guys down. He hit the home run in the clutch moments. Towards the end of the season, he was striking out a, a, quite a lot, but I mean, when we needed him most, he was there, just like the Avatar, or no, never mind, the Avatar dipped out when they needed him most. Oh. Uh, Anyway, Stassi, happy to have you up there at number five. What are your thoughts on him, Jacob? Yeah, I think we kind of really used it against him when he was out with injury because we were left with Kurt. Um, And I think we were more hard on him because of that. If a catcher gets injured normally and you have a decent backup, I think you can get away with it. Um, Especially if you have a team that had two Molina brothers when we were growing up. It's like we got so used to having just rock-solid catching. So, um and even since then, we've had some some good catchers. But, yeah, I, I think Stassi's going to take another step up next year. Catchers seem to do better as they get to about this age. I mean, the knees become an issue as you keep going. But the power is awesome. I think if he's a bottom-of-the-lineup power guy that can hit 15 or 20 bombs and surprise guys, he's a small guy, small bat. The bat looks like a wiffle ball bat for some reason when Stassi's up there. And then you see the ball fly and kind of surprises a lot of pitchers, I think. He's got a good eye. Because he's a catcher, which I don't understand why more catchers don't have great eyes for pitches. Do, do you, you want, think? I, you I mean, think. I never understood that. Why catchers get fooled almost more than anybody else at the plate. Maybe they just don't practice um, hitting. But to me, if you can't recognize a pitch out of a pitcher's hand, what are you doing? Um, Kurt Suzuki, maybe. But yeah, Stassi, step forward next year. Stay a little healthier, hopefully, for us. But yeah, cannot complain at all. Congrats on making the number five spot, Stassi, even with uh, my disdain towards you, according to Jacob. Oh, it was horrible, and I'm glad that um, we agreed to put him on the list, for sure. <laughs> How many weeks till that starts again, though? Yeah, we'll preseason. see. We'll see. All right, number four. Um, maybe now, because we, we did make this list uh, like 
shortly after the season ended. I might have put uh, this individual at the three spot, but uh, we'll stick with it here. Uh, he just received a four-year contract extension to remain on the team. We're talking about Rysel Iglesias, the crispy hairline king. He pitched 65 games this year, had a 7-5 and record, a 2.57 ERA, 70 innings pitched, 103 strikeouts, and a .93 whip. I mean, what's not to love about Rysel, man? He he almost had his career best ERA. I think he had his or he pitched almost his most games in a season. Um, high up there in innings, career high in strikeouts, I believe. And he only pitched seventy innings. He got one hundred and three strikeouts. His rookie season was the last time he got more than that, one hundred and four. And in that in that season, he pitched ninety five and a third. So I mean, he really dialed it in this year. Yeah, the ratio thirty four uh, saves and thirty nine opportunities came in second place behind Liam Hendricks for the Rollades Relief Man of the Year or the Mariano <laughs> Rivera Award, as it's called now, I believe. Yeah, but uh, that's great. Yeah, I mean, freaking Cuban, gotta love him. Happy that we're gonna have him for the next four years. It, it'll be a He'll he'll be remembered, man. He'll be he'll be up there with K Rod and Percy. Like I not, really hope so. Not to their same caliber, but they'll like it'll be the closest thing since them. Yes. Yes. The closest thing since K Rod to a legitimate real deal closer. And I think he could have easily, easily had a bad year. I remember the beginning was shaky. Even the saves he got, it was we're up by two, and he'd make it close. He'd give up a run, but he figured it out. He he started shutting it down. He sealed the deal. He figured out whatever he needed to. I mean, what's his average fastball? Ninety nine. It's it's ridiculous. It's everything you want in a closer. He's scary. He's got that um, competitive factor, like you're talking about with Cobb. The bullpen high five in Selly before he even goes in because they know the game's over. Everything about it. Um. Yeah, not much else you can say. I'm glad they got him. If they didn't do that move, we would have called the offseason somewhat of a failure despite getting Syndergaard. Uh, glad they were able to sure that up and glad he's going to stick around. Not much else to say. Hopefully he can be higher next year on the list. Love to see that. Yep. Our next guy... Uh, number three, he showed a lot of he showed a lot of potential this year. Like he really came out after a rough twenty twenty, um, a rough twenty nineteen as well. This year, I think he really made his mark in the rotation for the short time that he was in it. He did start fourteen games. Excuse me, excuse me again. Bless he, you. He did um, leave with a back injury. Also broke his back, just mm. like Griffin Canning. Except he had a way better year than Griffin Canning. We're talking about Patrick Sandoval. Sandoval, a three and six record this season, a three point six two ERA, fourteen games started. As I said, he also recorded a save this year, and almost tossed a no hitter, almost a perfect game. I don't, yeah, almost a no hitter in Minnesota. Madden should have left him in. Still pissed about that. Definitely not nineteen eighty five. Recorded ninety four strikeouts, had an opponent batting average of two fifteen and a one point two one WHIP. I think Patrick Sandoval will be like one of the keys to our rotation going into next season. And with the addition of Noah Syndergaard, uh, the potential of Michael Lorenzen being in there and maybe getting his chance to shine in the starting rotation, having Patrick Sandoval as your lefty, it's going to be awesome. Yes. And first thing I'll say is you, you were saying maybe you would have put Rysel at number three. And there's a big reason why I put Sandoval at three instead of four. He's a starting pitcher, and I know he didn't start as many games, but it's just something that is 
immensely more valuable. It just is. And it's a pitcher that you've seen go deep into games. When I say starting pitcher, I mean starting pitcher. I don't mean Ray's starting pitcher. I don't mean 2021 starting pitcher going four and a third saying it's a good start. They're going to change quality start soon. It's going to be four innings soon. I'm telling you, that's going to become the new quality start, or there won't even be such a thing. It'll be two innings for you, two innings for you, two innings for you. And while I see value there, you're going to have to expand rosters and have a bunch of pitchers and all that shit. This guy, to me, is like an old school, I'm going to pitch nine innings every night if I can guy. And I saw a lot of potential. I mean, you're talking potential out the ass for this guy. I think he's our number three. I think he's our number three next year, depending on how they stack that with otani it's kind of weird they they want to put him at the end of the rotation because of the batting stuff i would see him right now as a number one just why not put him at the top of the rotation have him start opening day that kind of thing but sandoval yeah he's gonna be our main lefty with heaney gone suarez is on his heels but i think he could learn a lot from him and maybe kind of you know be in his shadow a little bit but yeah sandoval gonna take another step up we keep saying that about everybody but it's true Going to take another step up next year to be the big lefty, big lefty starter for us. Congrats, Patrick. Mission Viejo native. Yeah, Moving local on guy. Yeah. to number two, first-time all-star this year. And, I mean, we saw it coming. Uh, king of the bat drops this year, just radiating confidence mm. and probably one of the most humble guys on the team, second to the number one person that we'll talk about in a moment. Number 20, Jared Walsh. Uh, first time all-star this year as i said killer first baseman uh, was considered a gold glove finalist uh he batted 277 this year crushed 29 bombs 98 rbis and 850 ops that's beautiful 850 yeah. oh <clears throat> the guy is everything that we needed and i'm so happy we got rid of albert so that he can get more playing time because it's well deserved i mean he's just a monster and he, he was a monster all season yep you know, that's he, the answer to people saying why did you get rid of albert in the middle of the season you just answered it and here he is this yeah. is our guy i mean sure we could have kept albert but at the end of the at the end of the day like everybody everything ended the way it was supposed to jared walsh had a good season albert didn't help the dodgers in the playoffs whatsoever whatsoever like it is what it is we'll let bygones be bygones jared walsh will be an all-star next year i think he crushes more than 30 home runs next year as well maybe even gets that gold glove um and you know there's not much left to say he's just a great player jared walsh will be the best first baseman in the american league west next year Ooh, because matt olson's going away (laughs) but even hey even if olson stayed even if olson stayed he's had three or four really good years in a row he's due for a down year yeah and walsh is due to keep getting better that's true and i see a lot of similarities in those guys as well the swag um even more swag for Walsh, I think. I call him the Bronx Bomber. He pimps it, man. Yeah. I mean, that has, Grand Slam in New York off of Aroldis Chapman. God, it's like, beautiful. Lefty, lefty, 101 miles an hour. He, or no, that was a curveball. He killed he the Mariners in the last series of the season, yep. just dropping bat flips left and right. The unnecessary dagger, but still it was nice to know, like, nope, you're not going to October. Exactly. So, yeah. Congrats, Jared, at your number two spot. And number one, you guys already know who it is. He's your American League MVP. He's won... 30 million other awards this season probably should have been uh the guy on times person of the year or no i think it was sports the, illustrated's person of yeah the, year. The, the sports athlete of the year or whatever whatever yeah. tom brady got just get the fuck out of here man no offense to tom brady yeah, I'm tom not, brady you're great you're great uh, yeah just, I, i'm not like for or against tom brady i don't really know anything about him but 
like he's probably had that before. Most likely. And if he hasn't yet, then give it to him next year. Give it to him when he retires. Like I I understand why. Like <clears throat> even I who doesn't really pay attention to football, I understand why, but you're talking about something like if Tom Brady like stayed on the field for defense too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, he, and kicked all the puns and the field yeah, goals also. Like if he, yeah. Like imagine yeah, that's what we're talking about here. And like I said, it's no offense to him. It's not like he had anything to do with it. But yeah, it should have been Otani. Not that that award is more important than this one that we're giving him. Um, I know the MVP may be almost as good as our award. But yeah, he he gets top of the list. I don't think it's any surprise. Um, 9-2 and two record this season with 23 starts, a 3.18 ERA, 130 in the third innings pitch. Most innings pitched by an angel this year, and the guy's a two-way player. Yeah. Uh, there are starts that he missed, too. So, I mean... That they, needs to change, though. Yeah, 100%. That, that cannot change. be the case. 156 strikeouts of 1.09 whip. Uh, that And that's just, that's just the freaking pitching. Let's talk about his freaking bat. 138 hits, set 26 doubles, eight triples, 46 home runs, 100 RBIs, 100 RBIs on the dot, uh, 26 stolen bases. Okay, you just, I mean, it just keeps coming. He's yeah. just a monster, a freaking monster. And you know, this isn't going to be his first MVP. If he's the fact that he came off Tommy John, stayed durable, played 155 games. Let that sink in. 155 games. Fletch played two more games than Otani. Mm-hmm. At second base. At second base. No offense. I mean, what more could you ask from a guy? What what other expectations can you build? I know people in New York are like, oh, Otani's soft because he doesn't want to play here. Blah, blah, blah. Go fuck yourselves. Shohei Otani is a goat. And he, he'll remain a goat as long as he stays healthy. Even even if he's not healthy, he's the best fucking hitter. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he found out he had Tom. He needed to have Tommy John a, a couple years ago, and then went and crushed a couple bombs in the same game. No problem. No problem. Like, Just give the guy a break, him. man. Give give him give him the let him be commissioner. He's like a car, man. With. A gear like you just go from park to drive to reverse like he just goes from pitcher to hitter to base dealer. I mean, oh, you need you need me to play outfield too? Sure, I no got problem. You. I'm still waiting for a base hit to him, runner at second. I want to see him gun somebody down at home, man. I really do. That'll be epic. I'm waiting for His that first outfield assist. What I don't want to see is him heading for the wall. Oh, on dude. a fly ball. <laughs> I think I think they told them you're not allowed to do that. If you, you feel you, the warning you let track, that just shit hit the wall. You pull a Justin Upton. Just stop. You just Justin, let yeah. it fall. You see the effort the left fielder gives. You do the same in right field. <laughs> Don't do what the center fielder's doing. Don't climb the wall. But yeah, no shock, guys. Shohei number one. Um, too bad Trouty couldn't be on the list. You know he would be if he was healthy. That will be interesting next year. Um, I feel like one, two, three, four next year uh, will look very different. There are some guys that should very much be in that list: Rendon, uh, Trout, Syndergaard might make his way in there. Oh, Aaron Loop could be on this list as well. Luis Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo. Fingers crossed. Hopefully not Carlos Rodon. Bye bye Adele. Yeah. So we'll see. But thanks for listening to our list. And hopefully you agree. If you don't agree with Fletch at seven, let us know. Yeah, let, um, let us know. Again, well, Fletch at seven, number seven. Well-deserved. Very well-deserved. Fletch God's going to flip his lid. All right, well, uh, we'll, end with, we'll end with this. Uh, Jacob and I 
will both be playing uh, in this Angels Twitter softball game that will be happening on January 15th, sponsored by uh, Shortest Stop on Twitter, uh, Halos in the Infield, another fellow Angels podcast, and Rocks in the Outfield. I believe we're on Team Rocks. Yeah. So uh, our boys, Carl and Max, looking forward to uh, playing some softball with you guys. Hopefully it'll be fun. Come out if you want to come out. I think all the info's on the Shortest Stops page or Halos in the Infield. Go follow them if you haven't already. Um, actually, one last thing. Uh, over this trip that uh, that I had, I was messaged by the Super Halo Bros, just dropping Angel's podcast names left and right. Ooh. And uh, they informed me that we are ranked in the U.S. Oh, yeah. as a podcast. Sweet. At the time that I was told, uh, we were ranked 165th out of uh, 250, or at least the, the top 250. So we're up there in the top two, or between, yeah, the top 200. Yeah. And that's awesome. And in Japan, we're ranked number 54. Jeez, top 100. So thank you guys, wherever you listen in the world, for listening to our podcast. Shout out to you, Japan. I mean, I obviously you listen because of Shohei, but, you know, we love you guys nonetheless. Wherever you listen. You can be listening in Boise. I love you, but fuck your, fuck your city and fuck your state. <laughs> I love you, but fuck your city. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you guys. Um, looking forward to the softball game and, and hanging out with all you guys. Thanks for listening wherever you're at. Um, it's nice to see you all over the place, and it's not just all here in Anaheim or the Southern California area. Um, it'd be hilarious if we had a bunch of listeners in L.A. But, uh, yeah, keep listening. It's going to be interesting. We're going to do more lists um, and more exciting lists, to be honest. Uh, instead of mulling over the lackluster season that was, we can finally move past it completely and look forward to maybe no season or whatever next season brings. But Hopefully not no season. Yeah, I am still still have faith, so... Uh, yeah, have a good uh, midweek. Have a good week. Have a good weekend. Uh, watch some other sports and stay warm. Like I said, go cold. Ducks. Go Ducks, baby. Let's go. Big fly. Mic that baby up. Absolutely.